Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the King Kong Minute, the show where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2005 film King Kong one minute at a time. My name is Steven. And I'm Terry. And today we are going to be reviewing, going over, and completely excavating uh, minute number 82 of the King Kong Minute. Minute 82. It begins with Jack saying, fellas, we don't have time for this. And it ends with the group gathered around a giant footprint. Dun, dun, dun. What have I gotten there, King Kong? Ha! <laughs> I see you what know, you did there. It's a, it's a footprint filled with water. You, you get it? You get it? Man? Get it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, yes. So, there's a lot of Jurassic Park going on. Especially uh, next minute, I believe. Or the day after. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Jurassic Park going on here. But yes, the footprint filled with water is uh very reminiscent of Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. In fact, if you if you had the Lost World DVD and you put it in, the menu was a T-Rex footprint with water pooled inside it in the streets of San Francisco in <laughs> cracked pavement. Okay. So this is what Man. I think of. I see a footprint filled with water. That's an incredibly niche early to yeah. mid 2000s thing of like detailed or interactive DVD menus. I'm at the point where I don't even know. I haven't gotten a D- a new DVD in so long. I don't know what menus are like anymore. Honestly, no. Like or Blu-ray. Uh, I, I I the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is the into the my copy my Blu-ray copy of Into the Spider Verse because of course I had to get a hard copy of that. <laughs> of um, course. And it's just like yeah, you've got some of like the main theme. Um, playing over the menu and some of like the end credits, like the really trippy end credits animation. It's like playing over it, but that's it. Gotcha. It's like early 2000s, I think, felt like they had something to prove with DVDs and had to make <laughs> them like little interactive like Easter eggs or something. Um, I personally do not care as an adult. Maybe it's because I've lost all my win- childhood whimsy, but um, <laughs> I-, I am here to watch the movie. I do not care about how fancy or flashy the menu is. I want so, to hit play, and that's it. So, yes, I agree to a point. I was in uh, at my parents' recently. I went to my parents' place. And uh, we watched Dominion in theaters, the new Jurassic World movie. And because of that, that made my mom say, Hey, I want to watch the other Jurassic Park movies. All five. She wanted to watch all five. Dang. Me, you know... In all of the dutiful son that I would, I I bore that burden. What am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is I was super excited, but I was trying to say sarcastically and say, uh, oh, it was so hard for me. No. I, uh, I did everything I could to sit down on that couch and watch all five movies. And it was fantastic. Yeah, when I would put in the menu for the older movies... I actually, like, felt nostalgia, not just because it was Jurassic Park, but because, like, oh, the menu's not, like, just a trailer for the movie with music playing over it. Like, this is a thing. <laughs> Long story short, putting in a DVD menu from the earlier times made me, uh, made me wish they would have kept that up. Because it's, like, it's not just scenes from the movie, it's, like, there's more to it. Someone had mm. to go in and design create the cg model of that uh footprint in the mm-hmm. in the ground and i was like that that's not something you see in the movie it's something else it just 
gives you the experience of being involved in the movie a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe it's for a lot of it. Maybe I just got burned by the how unnecessary it was or sometimes it would literally take extra seconds to get through DVD menu animations before I could actually even watch the movie. And sometimes, especially early on, they weren't even skippable. So I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm watching this. I just want to start the movie. But the, whatever. The biggest offender old. is Harry Potter. Yes. I was literally thinking of cha- the Chamber of Secrets uh-huh. DVD when you were saying this. I, I guarantee it. Those, yeah, okay. So at least, I think it's the first three, at least, that I have have this unskippable, like, 30-second long just clips from the movie in slow motion as Hedwig yep. flies <laughs> for that. It's yeah. Like, Who directed this DVD menu? Peter Jackson? <laughs> There's the tie-in. We brought Game it Game back. There we go. Um, yeah, so on to the minute. Anyway. <laughs> now, that, now that we've talked about DVD menus forever. Mm. Um... Okay, so Jack is is obviously upset that everyone wants to relax, given that they're exhausted and he just wants to find Anne. Um, I like that Hayes stands up and kind of defends everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, the actual he's, veteran. Right? Yeah, he's you know they're not they're not about to quit on you. Uh, you know, cut him some slack. So mm-hmm. I like that Hayes steps in here to defend his men. Yeah. Also, if I may, voice unnamed crew member number three. Being like, hey man, look, I get it. You have, in- I, I get it. You have extrinsic motivation to rescue this chick, okay? But we're all <laughs> intrinsic here. We're not getting anything out of this other than the, maybe it's a job well done and it may uh, something about some crap about the right thing to do. You get something <laughs> out of this. We're not. <laughs> you get some bruises and mosquito bites. I mean, that's uh, some battle scars. I think Jimmy is probably the only other. Like, crew member other than Jack, who is, like, intrinsically motivated <laughs> to yeah. rescue Anne. He's it's doing it true. because he literally thinks it's the right thing to do and he wants to help. It's true. Um, I What I find funny here is Jack is, like, he's he's expressly interested in continuing when he apparently assumes that this crew of how many people again? 15 plus the camera crew? Uh-huh. So we're looking at, well, let's just roughly estimate 20. 20 people, which I don't know if you've ever gone through a Walmart, but it's much quicker when it's just you than when you go with, let's say, your wife or family members. It takes like 10 times longer the more people you add on, you know? So I 20 people. I field trips, buddy. I led field trips. I know what those numbers <laughs> do. <laughs> exactly. So this is a crew, a crew of 20 people trying to go through this forest. They're not going to catch up with a 25-foot gorilla whose stride is, like, you know, a 20-foot stride. Mm -hmm. They're not going to catch up. So, you know, Jack, just... You're going to find what you're going to find when you get there. You're not going to stop anything from happening by getting there sooner. Yeah, basically. It's like, (laughs) you you guys have to realize you're you're on the old fallback of what made the human animal such a successful predator. And it was not raw power, brute strength... Or sheer speed, it was endurance and <laughs> relentless pace. That's what made us so terrifying. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't... Also, how does Jack know they're going the right way? Are they following the destruction? Is that what it is? 
maybe up to a certain point they were. Maybe they were listening, following like the sounds of the roars or whatever because they had to be pretty distinct. But this is the first point where they we see them even encounter tracks. Right. I mean, Carl sees the broken trees earlier, but mm-hmm. like they were going through some really narrow trees. At at you know going th- with the mosquitoes and all that, no no twenty five a gorilla went through there anytime soon. Recently, I mean. So how do they know they're going the right way? That's just you know. Mm-hmm. Why is the writer leading the way? <laughs> I'll say it again. again. If if I was on an expedition on a desert island or something, and I was with a bunch of sailors. I would not be the one I would want leading the way, is all I'm saying. <laughs> it's just like, he starts to try to give orders from the crew and look up. How many expeditions have you led? <laughs> hey, Jack, you, you, did you, you fight in the war? Yeah. You you captain any vessels recently? <laughs> you paying us? <laughs> yeah, right? Carl's not paying them, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what these men have to, have to gain from doing this. Mm-hmm. But again... Something, something, right thing to do, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I could get really dark and cynical and say Jimmy is still motivated by the right thing to do crap because he's young and easily manipulated. Oof, that's rough. Just like anyone when they first start, when they first join up with a job. So Carl is still trying to sneak to get shots with his camera, assuming someone cares and is going to stop him from filming. I don't get it still. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but... I think he was just so traumatized by how powerfully negative Englehorn's reaction was to his filmmaking antics that he's just now operating under the association that this is this is Englehorn's crew that someone is mm-hmm. inevitably going to negatively react to me still trying to film right and or, and no one cares yeah or it's going to no get one. back to Englehorn eventually and then Englehorn's going to try to do something so I got to do all I can to film before that happens but it's like dude uh, man, so far down on the list of priorities for anybody right now <laughs> it really is um, so here's, here's the thing. We have a really long shot of Jack reacting to something he sees on the ground. And then, you know, we have this dramatic reveal that it's a giant footprint and everyone gathers around it in this mysterious music. We, the audience have already seen Kong in his entire fullness. And yeah. Carl has already seen Kong and Jack even says that he saw, or he knows that Carl saw or saw Kong. As a filmmaker, I'm just saying I don't know if I would have spent this long dramatic reveal on something that isn't that uh, revealing. That's a fair point. I definitely think, I mean, and again, I'm a complete amateur. I've never directed a film in my life. Sure. Um, Me neither. But <laughs> it, from this, it almost seems like this would be a more satisfying setup if this had been inserted before one of the scenes where we see um, Kong frantically running with Anne. Agreed. That's what I exactly what I was thinking was I think if we had had this footprint reveal shortly after Kong ran away with Annas the sacrifice, maybe the the Ferracutus attack and then the footprint scene, you know, yeah. it would have been different. But we've already seen Kong. Yeah. Up and, close and personal. <laughs> and we've already talked about how we agree that it felt clunky. Yeah. To a certain extent. So it's just just kind of interesting, but. Um, bloody Nora. <laughs> Lumpy says bloody Nora. And, he made uh, that up. He made that up. <laughs> it's a phrase. It's a real phrase. I looked it up because I was curious. 
It's a real phrase. I mean, all words are made up. But. So, <laughs> well, yes. So here's a uh, a story behind this. I did find out later that it was fake, but it was a like a folk tale. I don't know. But Bloody Nora, I I just I'll just read it. I I copy pasted this. Bloody Nora was originally called Nora and the maid for the wealthy Duke Wodingtonshire in the 17th century. She earned the name Bloody Nora after she killed a servant of the Duke. Get this. With a stick of celery. It continues. <laughs> it continues. <laughs> it continues. When the Duke caught her repeatedly slapping the bloody corpse with the stick of celery, he shouted, You're all bloody, Nora. It continues. And after beating her, he banished her to a basement cell for three years. When the three years was up, the Duke set her free, but Nora insisted on working for the Duke. Reluctantly, the Duke gave her a job cleaning the stables, only to find, four days later, she had killed another servant, this time with a kettle. When the Duke found her once again maiming her victim with a dented kettle, he cried, Oh, bloody Nora! And grabbed a horseshoe in an attempt to kill Nora. After a long struggle, Nora escapes and leaves the battered Duke cussing to himself, Bloody Nora. The expression came from the Duke himself, as he would tell the story of Nora to all he knew, and would always refer to her as Bloody Nora. As the Duke aged, he grew senile and would be heard talking to himself and shouting, Bloody Nora, as people around saw... As people around him... Wait, that's poorly worded, because I copy-pasted. As people around saw him still... <laughs> so confusing. Okay, anyway, um, they all started saying Bloody Nora as they all thought he had invented a new cuss word. It has stuck around till the present day. This is all a false story, but it's a folktale. So that's where Bloody Nora Who apparently wrote this? I don't know. It was online. It was on the internet. Of course it's true. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, that happened. <laughs> that was like a really lazy, creepy pasta. <laughs> The early days of YouTube. A stick of celery? <laughs> okay. Did Monty Python write this skit? Yeah, that... really. <laughs> the Monty Python cast ghost wrote this. Okay, anyway. Yeah, like, <laughs> a stick of celery. Uh, of all the weapons, of all the foods even, if you had to choose a food, I don't think that's the one that I would choose. I mean, it shows dedication. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> it's for when you really want someone to feel it, you know? Yeah. Celery. I mean, you know, that that is playing on mythic difficulty. <laughs> it's like, you have to kill them with celery. You shall cut down the largest tree in the forest with a herring. <laughs> Anywho. Same vibe. Same vibe. Bloody Nora. Bloody Nora. Okay. Thanks, Lumpy. Thanks, Lumpy. Um, and that's all I got. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As a kid, I didn't even question that. My brain just went, ha ha, charming, strange British man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny, strange speaking person. Teach me your ways. <laughs> I like your words, magic man. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And so concludes another minute with Jimmy is that. And that's all we get from Jimmy for that minute. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> um, yeah. So everyone, if you're listening to this, if you like it, 
If you're like, hey, that seems pretty cool. This podcast is pretty cool. Let's check out more things these people do. Well, check out the 8th Wonder Exposition Group. You can actually interact with us and tell us things that we maybe missed or you disagree with or you loved and want to tell us we did a great job, but you don't have to do that. Actually, please don't. It's more fun to complain. Tell us what we did wrong. (laughs) Yell at us. I don't care. It'd be fun. Um, Join the 8th Wonder Exposition Group on Facebook. You have to answer a couple questions. We'll let you in. Uh, It does ask you who your favorite host is, whether it's me or Terry. Um, There there is no... won't be offended. There is no right answer except for me. That's the right one, but... <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> um, you have a 50-50. Um, anyway, so answer the questions, we'll let you in, and we'll have a lot of conversations. Uh, so far, as of now, there aren't a whole lot of people in the group, but that's okay, because people like you can make this a fun place where we uh, talk about King Kong. And everyone wants to talk about King Kong, right, Giant Monkey? If you're here, if you have listened to 82 episodes, you, Listen, you, yes. you probably have something Please. to say. If you have gotten this far, sound off, okay? <laughs> we will congratulate you and thank you personally. It's true. It's true. And look, yeah, I get it. it, it this is a lot to listen to two nondescript white guys <laughs> ramble on for this long. But, you know, a lot of nondescript white guys have done a lot worse. So, you know, we're kind of Ouch. ahead of a curve. We're, we're ahead of the curve like that. Ouch. All right. Well, anyway... <laughs> So, oh, Eighth Wonder Exposition Group, come yes. check us out. If you like us at all, maybe mention us and share us around a little yeah. bit on any platform that you see fit to do so. We could use the help. And, hey, it's a good time. It's free entertainment. Yeah. Free. It's free. Come on. <laughs> and then with that, you will hear us when you hear us, folks. On the next episode of The King King Kong Kong Minute. Minute. Bye, everyone.